From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And joining joining me by phone for this edition uh, is Mrs. Donna Cowdery, uh, the uh, wife of the late Brigadier General Christian Cowdery of the United States Marine Corps. Ms. Cowdery, welcome to Catholic Military Life. Thank you so much for having me today, Taylor. This is quite an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you, ma'am. And uh, uh, before we get into our conversation, I should just uh, uh, tell our listener a little bit about your husband. He served some four decades in the Marine Corps. Um, he was in Beirut in 1982 at the time the uh, Marine barracks were bombed. Uh, and you, Ms. Cowdery, uh, have served as a lay leader um, at your uh, base chapel uh, uh, during the time that you and your husband were traveling with the military. Um, and during your time there, you had quite a bit of uh, contact with our uh, Catholic U.S. military chaplains. Uh, Navy chaplains in particular, and uh, I'd like to start there. Uh, tell me a little bit about your faith, uh, what it's meant to you in the military, and uh, uh, how did the chaplains uh, reinforce and support you and your husband, Brigadier General Christian Cowdery, in the practice of your Catholic faith? Well, it's it. they definitely inspired us. They have spiritually led us all through uh, the service in the Marine Corps. Uh, Actually, it goes back just a little farther than that. And um, my husband actually grew up in the Navy, and um, his father was a captain, his grandfather was an admiral, and they both went to the academy, and my father-in-law's roommate was Father Jake Laboon. So actually, that was the chaplain that I met first in my life when I was a girlfriend <laughs> and uh, while we were at college. And so Father Jake Laboon was, was just amazing. And as you know, there's, uh, he, he did wonderful things in the U.S. Navy as a Navy chaplain. So that was my first experience with, with that. And um, from there, it, just, uh, it was just that we were so fortunate in most units. You know, we did not have... Um, we did not have any formalized family programs for spouses and or their families. So the persons that were the military that were um, actually assigned to all command units or most command units were Navy chaplains or, in our case, for the Marine Corps, and sometimes, you know, if we were stationed with other services, then it was an Army chaplain or whomever, but they um, they were all wonderful. We, we encountered many of them, and they uh, certainly had an effect on us. They were, um, we had so many incredible experiences where they were just, they reached out to the families. Obviously, they provided um spiritual care, ministry, you know, and masses, and all of the strength and comfort that they that the Marines and sailors needed. I'm speaking specifically because the Marine Corps was our service, so, um, but they are Navy chaplains that service the Marine Corps. So um, we had our, probably our very first 
amazing experience was with Father George Pucciarelli, who was the chaplain that went to Beirut on the 24th Marine Amphibious Unit. They called them men. Now they call them MUSE or Expeditionary Units. But um, And my husband was a company commander in Charlie Company of 1st Battalion, 8th Marines. And, um, of course, they went through the experience of the bombing, and it was tragic, but they worked together to, um, because most of the battalion was either injured or they were killed, sadly. And my husband and Father Pucciarelli and the wonderful corpsman and the rest of the units there helped, you know, those that were surviving, those that were wounded, and, of course, the, the, the fallen. So I was a spouse back here, and there were really no programs together. So um, that kind of was what started and led the Marine Corps to start focusing on formalized programs for the families as well as for the, um, the service members. I see. Now, where were you when your husband, Brigadier General Christian Cowdery, was in Beirut at the time of the bombing? I was living in Camp Lejeune, and um, before they left, which was May 31st, 1983, we had our third child, Lindsay, and Father Pucciarelli baptized her. Uh, and later, 21 years later, when she graduated from UVA and her husband was an ensign graduating from USD, he celebrated their nuptial married mass and married them so um that's the kind of special things that happened along the way for us um when we when we met these wonderful chaplains i see so what was it like for you at camp lejeune when you heard about the bombing in beirut knowing that your husband was there well it was needless to say it was very tragic it was just it was unimaginable, but, you know, we always knew that they were at risk wherever, but um, the night before, the the spouses of the service members that were uh, going to relieve our battalion and uh, over there, they had had a get-together, and we all got together, and we were together late that evening, and early the next morning, the battalion commander's wife called me to say that the bombing had happened. And it was just, I didn't know about my husband until that was on a Sunday morning, and I didn't know that my husband survived until Tuesday. But I heard that from a chaplain's wife who um who called me to say that my husband had rescued her husband out of the rubble. And, and I, I, I said, are you sure it was Chris? <laughs> Christian, because possibly, I mean, they all look pretty much alike when they're in their uniforms out there. And so I said, uh, she said, yes, that her husband was flown, I believe, to Naples. And he, she went to, to obviously be with him. And uh, my husband was fortunately spared, and um, but certainly um, those that were 
that survived it. They were all together in the building the night before, just hours before, really. So, um, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just surreal. It was very sad. I was kind of one of, I was one of the wives that could not go in with the chaplain and the officer that was notifying the families, but we were the ones that that did visit the families immediately after they left to see what we could do. And obviously, everywhere was white vans and chaplains along with a an officer in the, in the Marine Corps. I see. Now, obviously, the chaplain's wife who called you was uh, a non-Catholic chaplain. I was going to say that, yes. I, I figured that was pretty important. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, she, he was not a Catholic chaplain. He, he was, um, but he was the chaplain for the battalion, that, the whole battalion. But Father Pucciarelli was with the entire Marine amphibious force that was there, which was com- comprised of, you know, a, uh, an infantry battalion, which was my husband's unit, and part of an air wing, so a squadron, and also the, at the time they called it FSSG, which was the support group for the, um, for that big unit, and that was called the MAL, and that was led by a colonel, and, um, it was it was great. I mean, they they were doing great things. It was a humanitarian mission, and they you know they came in peace. But unfortunately, it did not end up that way, and it, it affected everyone forever. And I know that when my husband was very ill, he actually just always remembered these brothers, you know, that he lost when on that day, uh, October 23rd of 1983. And he, um, he just kept saying that he was so spiritual and very, he had such great faith. And he said that, you know, he was just so grateful that he was able to spend all these years with me, our three children, their spouses, and our seven grands. And the, these other brothers had did not have that opportunity, but uh, I think he was, you know, he was feeling comfortable that he'd be with them. <laughs> now, for, for 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 the benefit of our listener, I should uh, point out that uh, uh, your your husband, Brigadier General Christian B. Cowdery, uh, died uh, on June 29th, twenty twenty, uh, at at uh, your home in uh, East Beach. Uh, he was 70 years old. Uh, yes, and, that's correct. And he uh, f- uh, f- uh, had a brain tumor, glioblastoma, that he fought for five and a half years. And, yes, he did. And that's the period that you're talking about where he looked back and uh, felt this enormous appreciation for the men with whom he served in Beirut. Absolutely. It, it was so much so. He <clears throat> He was very very emotional about that at times um obviously and uh felt blessed but uh he always had them in his heart and it it never left 
And a glioblastoma, I should point out, I believe that's what uh, Senator Ed Kennedy and uh, Senator John McCain both had. Right, and Uh, Joe Biden. um, And uh, you and I have a a, a common denominator there in that my daughter died of a brain tumor. Um, I'm so sorry. And uh, so uh, I I can certainly relate to uh, the experience of going through uh, a lengthy illness. Uh, such as that. Yeah, but there's nothing. I mean, it's terrible to lose my spouse. I miss him every second of every day. But I honestly cannot imagine losing a child. So it's got to be the toughest. Okay, so let's go back to the Sunday morning back in uh, 1982 when you got mm-hmm. word uh, that the uh, Marine barracks had been attacked in Beirut, knowing that your husband was there. And for two days, you did not know uh, whether he had survived. Walk me through that two-day period. What was it like for you? Well, fortunately, my my parents happened to be there because we had an unfortunate accident prior. There were many things prior to the actual bombing that were leading up to that, and that was sniper attacks and horrible incidents where we lost other Marines. Your parents were your parents were at home with you at uh, uh, yes. okay. They had actually come down to Camp Lejeune to, because because it was our oldest child's birthday on October seventeenth, and they came down and they were staying a week or so. But they, in the meantime, we had uh, a captain. He was the air officer in the battalion. He was a captain in the Marines and. A snipe, he was killed by snipers. And so I was actually, my husband was the senior guy on the ground that was from the battalion, which was the headquarters. The headquarters was in that building, the headquarters of the battalion. So he was out in a, in a bunker just outside with his company, Charlie Company. But he was, and that, that kind of put me in a place where I felt like I needed to help take charge with help helping out with the battalion commander's wife and and anyone else. So I was there every day. My my parents graciously stayed and took care of my three children. One was a brand new baby, but we had this captain who was killed by snipers, and his funeral was just like two days before the bombing. So my parents actually watched not just my three children, but many of the children. Um, his mothers, in our case, because the battalion is, was all, you know, males, so we were all wives. And uh, so they watched other children of um, the service members, several in my home. And um, while I went to help with the food and help get everything together. So that was two days before the bombing. And so then when the bombing happened, my parents obviously stayed. They were still there. And they stayed so that I could continue to go and help at the command post, which was set up in the battalion commander's home in Camp Lejeune. His wife was obviously just She was strong as she could be, but he was still missing. They could not find the battalion commander, the lieutenant colonel of the battalion. So um, it was very difficult, and daily I was just there helping out. 
so it kept my mind, you know, and just believing that, you know, everything was okay because I had not heard anything yet. So. Was the lieutenant colonel ever found? Yes, he sure was. He's a wonderful man and uh, so special in our lives, both of them. Um, he, he's, he is, um, you know, he was very seriously injured. But and, survived. Uh, but, but he survived. survived. And yes, he's doing, he's amazing. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, obviously, your Catholic faith and that of your husband, the late Brigadier General Christian Cowdery, um, tell me a little bit more about that. How did you come into your Catholic faith and how has it stuck to you all these years? Lots of uh, Catholics, as you know, have fallen away. But clearly, uh, your Catholic faith has sustained you all these years uh, throughout your husband's entire career in the Marine Corps all the way up until today. How how has that happened? Well, we were both cradle Catholics, um, and we had, you know, wonderful parents that, that raised us. And um, we both went to Catholic schools. He, he went to, um, he didn't actually um, go, uh, he didn't graduate from Catholic high school because they moved. And so it was a public high school the last two years. But um, we just, uh, we, were, we were just taught that through our families and, um, we, and through our schooling. And we, we, I had a priest that lived on my street when I was growing up in the Washington, D.C. area, and um, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. So it just, it, we just both had very deep faith. And um, we met when I was 17. I was a freshman at the University of Maryland. He was a, a sophomore there. And we went to, you know, the John Newman Center for Masses, and we just continued our faith through college. So it would be 50 years that we'd be married this year. And um, all through these 50 years, the most important thing in our lives, you know, was God and our family and, of course, the Marine Corps. <laughs> so we, um, we just we just had such strong faith and he more than anyone I really knew. I mean, he just always believed and he just talked about, and he saw so much because he wasn't just in the Beirut bombing. He was in desert shield, desert storm. He was in, um, Somalia just before black Hawk down. He was in, um, in OEF and OIF and, you know, experienced all of these things. And in Banda Aceh, he was in charge of the um, tsunami relief in 2004. And so he saw so much that the only way, I think, to deal with it was just continued faith. And that was the same for me and our children uh, who were at home during all these many deployments. So we just, that just helped to keep our faith because we I mean there's just nothing else that we had control over except you know we had to just pray all the time and we did and all of our children you know were raised Catholic they married Catholic they their children have all received the sacraments 
And so, you know, they've continued this as well, and we're just so pleased and grateful to, um, to be Catholics. <laughs> You're listening to Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. And my guest for this edition is Mrs. Donna Cowdery, the wife of the late Brigadier General Christian Cowdery of the United States Marine Corps. How many kids do you all have, Mrs. Cowdery? We have three children. We have a son, Christian, also. His name's the same. And uh, a daughter, Lauren, and uh, a daughter, Lindsay. And uh, so uh, how many times would you say that you moved, uh, changed uh, duty stations in your uh, decades as a U.S. Marine Corps wife? We moved exactly 20 times. (laughs) Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a transient lifestyle, and uh, moving from uh, base to base, uh, different Catholic communities. Uh, was there ever a time when there wasn't a Catholic community? There was no um, Navy chaplain to um, support your uh, practice of faith? Fortunately, um, at every major command that we were in, there was pretty much a a Catholic chaplain, and they were the ones that, because we didn't have any formalized programs back then, that actually were our heroes, our family coordinators. They, they, um, of course, did what they needed for for the service members, but they also were basically the ones in charge of taking care of the families. And from them, they were so inspiring and so you know, um, just so wonderful. They just, they did everything for all of us and until we started formalizing the programs. And, and then because of them, I was actually, you know, and then in helping after the Beirut bombing is when they started, you know, helping with these formalized programs. They, I was called to go to every development committee and working group for for all of our family programs, for each of them that they had for spouses. And you're right, these these times can be very challenging. It can be challenging, you know, uh, it's a challenging life, but it's actually a wonderful life. But we developed these programs to actually make it a little easier and to kind of help the spouses, we called it, links, lifestyle insights, networking, knowledge, and skills. That was one of them. Key volunteers is another. But it was to help them be able to uh, live in the culture. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole different culture. It's its own culture. And um, the spouses um, were able to thrive instead of just survive these deployments. We, We taught them everything they really needed to know to do that. And they, so I was asked to be the first trainer for the Marine Corps for that Lynx program. And it was all volunteer, and they sent me around installations to help the spouses, um, to mentor them, to train them, to mentor others. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity and experience to kind of um, just make, it made such a difference because it freed the Marines and sailors to, to go and to be able to concentrate on their mission and know that, you know, everyone was taking care of each other back at home. And it really made such a difference. 
and the Archdiocese for the Military Services has come a long way uh, since that time. The Archdiocese now has a full evangelization program with uh, faith formation and uh, young adult ministry and youth ministry and Mm -hmm. uh, scouting and uh, uh, all kinds of other things that are uh, now available to Catholics in the military that weren't available before, uh, many years before now. That's so true, and it's so wonderful because um, we we were blessed because we always had, and we were blessed to have a a Catholic priest along the way. And in your practice of the Catholic faith, you're a cradle Catholic. You uh, uh, have obviously spent a fair amount of time in civilian uh, Catholic parishes. Uh, How would you um, compare the difference between uh, uh, your priest on active duty and your your pastor in a civilian parish? That's a tough question. It's, um, I mean, we actually except for just a couple of times. We're probably always on a military installation. We always went to Mass on the on the installation where we were. And um, we probably only were one time where we would occasionally go to the local, the local parish. But um, wherever we were, we actually tried to go to... Uh, to a military, to a military-based mass, and, and sure, that's and what sure. I still do. I still do, and I, we have a wonderful priest here, and he gets all the priests together. Uh, and some are local, you know, local parishes, and so I've gotten to know many of them. And, and, and certainly, the fact that the chaplains are themselves military officers, they belong to the same population, gives absolutely. them a lot in common with the. Uh, rank and file in their congregations at the Catholic communities on mm-hmm. military installations. Did you find that to be the case? Absolutely. They are, they are military. Um, they are, you know, they, absolutely. I mean, they are part of us and we, I don't think we could survive without them. And, you know, one of the, one of the biggest issues that we have right now in the Archdiocese for the Military Services is a shortage of uh, Catholic priests on active duty in all branches. Yeah. Um, we have fewer than 200 right now uh, serving the uh, uh, many tens of thousands of uh, men and women on active duty. And uh, right. our vocations offices uh, certainly um, in high gear. Um, Yes. Uh, accompanying young men discerning a call to priesthood, and hopefully uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, calling within a calling to uh, serve as a U.S. military chaplain. Um, any parting words, uh, any advice for the young couple coming up in the military now, uh, uh, trying to uh, practice their Catholic faith while uh, meeting their responsibilities and obligations in the military. What's your advice? Well, uh, to stay close, to to absolutely reach out to the Catholic priest, the Catholic chaplain, um, no matter you know what service, it, they all are there. They're available. They you know they absolutely would love you to volunteer. Um, volunteering for the chapel, you know, we're all given gifts from God, 
And, you know, whether you sing in the choir, you can be a greeter, you can be a lector. Some have lay ministers, some don't. But it, if you are one, I was one. <clears throat> I was the Eucharistic minister in several years in Quantico. And I just believe that whatever your gift is, Go to your chaplain. Let them know. Be part of your parish and and just really work together. Um, currently, one of the teachers for OCIA, and um, it's really uh, just a wonderful opportunity to use your gifts and to get the spiritual care and the sense of community. Be part of the body of Christ, and and um, it's just volunteering and being part of the parish, basically. I've been talking to Mrs. I've been talking to Mrs. Donna Cowdery, wife of the late Brigadier General Christian Cowdery of the United States Marine Corps, who died back in 2020. Uh, Ms. Cowdery, thank you and your husband for your service, and thank you for joining us on Catholic Military Life. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.